All right, get to you at your Bibles tonight and turn to the book of Matthew. I know what you're thinking. We've had a lot of preachers this summer already, and now you're stuck with me again. In fact, uh, I, had, I had one guy this morning tell me, he said if he knew I was preaching, he would have gone on vacation early to the Poconos. But I won't mention Brother Ronald's name. That's not the kind of guy I am. Matthew chapter 21. <laughs> Matthew chapter 21. It's been a good summer so far, a lot of good preachers. Um, a couple weeks ago, it's good to have Brother Stephen preach. That was a blessing. We weren't, my wife and I weren't here, we were on vacation, but we were listening to him preach on the way home. So that was a blessing. And so, uh, last week, of course, there was no church last night. We had a great uh, anniversary Sunday. Praise the Lord for all he did. and. Uh, just another year of gospel light and running faithfully. And so I appreciate um, all you people for everything you've done and for our church here. And we're going to open up tonight in Matthew chapter 21. And we're going to read verse 22. The Bible says, In all things whatsoever ye shall ask in prayer believing, ye shall receive. Let's go ahead and go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we love you. We thank you for this day. Lord, I thank you for church. Thank you for the house of God. Lord, thank you for the good day we've had so far. Thank you for the spirit of our people. God, I pray that you continue to bless them, Lord. I pray that your hand be upon tonight's service, Lord. And Lord, be with me as I preach, Lord. And speak through me as only you can, as you've always done. And Father, I pray that you just help me tonight. Give me the words to say, Lord, we love you. And pray, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. So I'd like to preach tonight on a very simple topic, I think. It's just on prayer and on doubt. And I think uh, a doubt can be is a big dilemma, I think, in Christianity where we don't want to pray as much because we doubt that God can do something for us. And as we explore the various problems that make prayer difficult, one of the biggest problems we can struggle with is doubt. And if we're honest, sometimes I believe that we just don't think that God will hear or answer our prayers. I think there's a variety of a different reasoning for that. And so, it's either we don't believe he will answer for us, and many Christians, when we pray, it's almost a praying with doubt that it will happen. And many more doubt so much that they don't even bother to pray anymore. That their prayer wasn't answered before in the past, so why pray anymore? That's a problem. I think that's a very bad problem. Doubt is a very serious prayer problem. Turn your Bibles to James chapter 1. And in verse number 6. In James chapter 1, verse number 6, the Bible tells us, But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think he shall receive anything of the Lord. And so tonight, what I'd like to do is just to give you three reasons why there is no reason to doubt God. There's no reason to doubt our Father. First of all, it's God's immediate response. What was the first prayer that you ever prayed to God? It was the one of salvation, was it not? It was for Him to save you. 
And how did that work out? The moment that you prayed that prayer, God answered that prayer and saved you from your destination of hell, now into heaven with just one simple prayer. And honestly, sometimes we can just go out and we can, we can doubt that even, that am I really saved? And that Satan loves, Satan loves nothing more than to put doubt into your heart and into your mind, especially in the matter of salvation. But the Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Literally as simple as that. And there's a lot of people who become very mixed up with that. There's people who go off into right field or left field with their, with their theology thinking that, that we can be plucked out of the Father's hand. That God does pick who goes to heaven and who goes to hell. And God's, God's bases that promise based on how, good, how much good works you can do. If you can maintain your good works. But God's response to you when you called out for salvation was that God immediately answered that prayer request. The Bible says, Romans 10, 13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. There's no other parts of that verse. It's thou shalt be saved. And so the immediate, God's immediate response to your first ever prayer was to save you from hell. Now, going on to further on in Christianity, as now we're taking steps forward in our walk with God, what is our relationship with God like? Is it one of doubt? The Bible says in John chapter 6, verse 37, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast him out. Turn to Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, verse number 13. Ephesians 1, verse 13 tells us, In whom ye also trusted after that ye heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also after that ye believed, this is the main part here, ye were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise which is the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of His glory. Turn a page to chapter 4 and look to verse number 30. The Bible reaffirms it here for us. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed until the day of redemption. Now, I don't know about you, but when I hear the word sealed, I think compact, sealed, shut. There is no opening it. It is sealed until heaven and we're with Jesus Christ evermore. That's just the way I interpret it. Maybe you do it differently and we'll agree to disagree. But the Bible tells us we're sealed until the day of promise. So explain why a God that saved you the first time you asked him deserves your doubt. If we pray to God with the faith that God would save us from hell, there is no reason to doubt. He has never failed. He has never broken a promise. He's never going to let you down. And he performed the greatest miracle of your life the day that he saved your soul from hell. There's no other, there's no other better time in your life than the time you said Jesus Christ as your Savior. So why start doubting him now? Why start doubting him now? Because, secondly, God has immense resources, does he not? God is infinite in his riches in His promises, in His goodness, in His mercy. So the question needs to be asked is, what could you possibly ask for 
that he does not have? What could you ask for that God does not already have? Turn to Psalm 24. Psalm 24. In Psalm 24, in verse number 1, the Bible says, The earth is the Lord's, and the fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell therein. God is the creator of the universe. What does that mean? That God owns this universe. God owns this world. For whatever reason, I've just been in this thing of getting interested in outer space, I think just pictures of outer space are just so remarkable, the, the, the photos that we get from it. And it's just so remarkable as, as, a, as a human, right, that we can see the expanded universe, the Milky Way, all, that's, all that we haven't even uncovered, the many, many planets, and that our God, the one who loves you, who cares for you, who saves you, wants a relationship with you, is the creator of all of that, and he wants to have a relationship with you. Now, he cares for you. And that just blows my mind in a sense. You know, you can work for big corporations. You can never know who the CEO is. You can never just pick up the phone and call the CEO. There are people who go to different churches, and Miss Alicia was talking about this. You can't even talk to the pastor. The pastor is so up high on a pedestal that you can't even reach him if you wanted to. But with God, is that we're just literally one prayer away. I could, I could stop preaching right now and just talk to God for the next half hour and you don't have to hear me preach anymore. I can have that. Wherever I am, I, can, I don't even have to close my eyes. I don't have to bend my knees. I don't have to do anything. I can just go to God at any time, at any moment. And so God has immense resources. God has enough resources. There's a, I think, a remarkable story. I'd like to read it to you. Um, it was, there was a college called Dallas Theological Seminary. This college was in critical need of $10,000 to keep the work going. This was a Christian college. During a prayer meeting, a renowned Bible teacher, Harry Ironside, a lecturer at the school, prayed, Lord, you own the cattle on a thousand hills. Please sell some of those cattle to us and help us to meet the need. Shortly after the prayer meeting, a check for $10,000 arrived at the school sent days earlier by a friend who had no idea of the urgent need of, of Ironside's prayer. This man simply said the money came from the sale of some of his cattle. God always knows. God's always one step ahead of us. God knows tomorrow. And God knows your needs, Christian. I was just talking to the junior church kids a couple weeks ago about there's a difference between a want and a need. There's many things that I want in my life, but then there are those things that I need. And whether that's clothing and food or whatever it may be, I can stand here and say that God's always provided for my needs. Every single time, God's always provided. And God, what's so amazing about God is that God obviously knows the future, right? And so God knows what we need five months from now. I don't even know what I'm going to eat for lunch tomorrow. But God knows exactly what I'm going to need throughout the week. And God knows different things. There are simple things that I think of 
and I, I was thinking about this the other day on the road. I was supposed to go to some destination, and I was I had a certain time I had to get there, and I was a little late, and I was upset that I was a little late. And so as I'm driving down the road, what happened not even two minutes in front of me was a major car accident with two people, and there's a very good possibility that that could be me. You don't know what kind of, what, what's in your future, but God does. Think about the many times that God's helped you, the many times that God has blessed you, the many times that God has just given you unexpected gifts where you wouldn't even know where it came from. I remember in college, many times that God just answering prayer requests for me. I remember times where I literally had like a dollar or two in my bank account. I had no money. And somebody would send me money or somebody would give me money and somebody would just help me out without me even asking because God knew the need. And God always provided. Uh, after college, the way that God has always provided for me and my family has been remarkable that God's a good God. And God always knows. So what could you possibly ask him to do that he isn't able to do? God's able to do anything for you. He is God. Turn back to Ephesians chapter 3. And verse number 20. In Ephesians chapter 3, in verse number 20, the Bible says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. The Bible says in Luke chapter 1, verse 37, For with God nothing shall be impossible. Nothing shall be impossible. There are many times in this church's history where God is just, in His providence, you know, God just provided our needs. You know, something I think about is our church van, right? We're, we're raising money for a new church van. I would love to have a new church van. I was praying and hoping that this coming week, Powerhouse, we would have a new church van to drive in. God didn't answer that prayer request. So, I have two things now. I can either doubt God, God, why did you not answer this prayer request? I can be almost bitter at God. Or I can say, God, there is a reason behind it. There is a reason. I don't know what it is, but God, you're God. And I will just simply trust you. I'm going to trust you, God. That's just obviously a very simple thing. But there's going to be times in our life where it's very serious matters. Whether that's moments with our family, with relatives, whether that's financially or, or physically, our health, or whatever it may be, we're asking God for needs and He's not answering them. You have to realize that sometimes God answers no. Or God says, hold on. Or God says, wait. It's not always the immediate response that we want. Now, immediate response is our salvation. But you know, something I think of is, well, God, I'm praying for this family member to get saved and he's just not saved yet. God, why are you waiting? God, why isn't he saved yet? God, how, why don't you answer this prayer request? I, that's a question that a lot of people get upset at. Like, God, why don't you save this person? God is in the saving business, is he not? But let me ask you this question. If God could just make anybody saved, then that would ruin our free will. We have to, ourselves, with our free will, trust in God. And you don't know what's going on in the hearts and minds of people who are not saved. 
But let me ask you this question. Think about this in your life and where you were when you weren't saved. Was God working in your heart? Was God putting things in your life to make you come to the realization of salvation, that you need a Savior, that you need saving, that there's more in this life than, than just living and dying, that there is a heaven and a hell? And God's working on their hearts. We have the option of whether or not we want to trust God as our Savior or not. We're not Calvinists. We don't believe that anybody can get saved. God just picks them. It's a free will. And so we pray for, when we pray for salvation, it's something I just wanted to mention that God kind of put in my heart, is that continue praying. Continue praying that God will put things in people's hearts and people's lives. I think about this week at Powerhouse, and I think of all the teenagers we're going. I'm so excited for the amount of teenagers that we have going. It's more than we've ever had before. Sometimes we just often look at people on the outside and say, well, this kid... He's no good. Or this kid, there's no way of him getting his heart right with God. And he's just so far out into the world. But if we don't know what God's doing on the inside, he may look as whatever on the outside, but God may be doing a serious work on the inside. So this is just a side note, kind of away from my sermon. But I'm just going to simply ask you if this week you just pray for Powerhouse. Just pray for the teenagers, pray for safety, pray that God would do a work on our teenagers and our young adults who are going, that God would just do a work and praying for a revival in our youth group. And I pray this week would just be a good week of that. And so please be praying for that. I think oftentimes when it comes to doubt too, with well, our youth group is whatever. Or this, gen- this, this next generation, they can't serve God. This next generation, it's, there's too much against them. There's just so much. And, and I feel so bad. And I hear from all the time from even guys over at call. I'm glad I'm not you, kid, or I'm glad that I don't have to be my grandkids' generation. It's just automatic doubt that everything's going to be dark and gloomy when we forget that maybe God put us here for such a time as this, that God wants us to be a light in this dark hour. The darker the night, the brighter the light. And so when we think about where we are now, stop doubting that God can work in our, in our hearts, in our lives, in our, in our young people. And pray for our young people. Pray that they will love God and pray, pray that they would get a fire about them. Matthew chapter 11, turn there if you would. God can move mountains. God can do anything. There's something that God cannot do. Another thing that fascinates me, I, I'm, a, I'm a history guy. I like to say I'm, I'm more into history now as I become... Um, an adult, there's certain things that just fascinating, fascinate me more than when I was a teenager. And something I've, my wife and I were in Boston a few weeks ago, and we were learning so much about the Revolutionary War, the War of Independence, and it's hard to look at the War of Independence and not see God's hand through the whole thing. That God was going to make a way, and that God was going to give us our freedom. And the freedom to do what I'm doing right now is preach to you the word of God. And that, it just fascinates me that you see that God can do anything. And God's always working behind the scenes. Matthew chapter 11, verse 22. Reads, But I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon the day of judgment than for you. And thou, Capernaum, which are exalted unto heaven, shall be brought down to hell for thy mighty works which have done... Uh, been done in thee, have been done in Sodom, it will have been remained unto this day. Verse 24. 
But I say unto you that it is more tolerable for the land of Sodom than the day of judgment than for thee. No, that's the wrong. I got the wrong chapter written down. <laughs> I forget which chapter it is. Maybe you can look it up. But the verses say, And Jesus answering saith unto them, Have faith in God. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed, and be cast into the sea, and shall no doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which shall, saith shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he saith. Therefore I say unto you, Whatsoever things ye desire when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. Ask and believe. Ask God and have a belief about you. And sometimes, I don't know how to word this the correct way maybe, but sometimes I feel like Christians, we can almost become too religious. And I say it like this. You know, when you think about the Catholic Church, they're just repeating the same prayers over and over again. You know, pray five Hail Marys, pray six of this and seven of that, and then you'll be good with your sins. I feel like oftentimes with Christianity, we just kind of have prayers on repeat almost. And we just cycle throughout the same prayer without our heart being into the prayer. Without our heart really being into what we're praying. And I always appreciate people and men of God in the church when we stand up and pray that they're very sincere in their prayer. And it's almost like they're talking to God and we're not even here. They're just having a, a talk with God. And so when you pray, have sincerity about it, that God's going to answer that prayer request. Have the kind of faith that God's going to answer what you're asking for. And lastly, there's God's inviting request. Turn over to Jeremiah 33. The time to start asking God is now. Maybe in your life that you've been praying for something, and God hasn't answered this prayer request yet. And maybe it's heavy on your heart. And maybe this has really caused you to, to waver in your Christianity. Maybe this has really caused you to stumble in your Christianity. Or maybe this has really almost made you quit God. And made you quit the things of God. And to stop trying. And stop trying to get your family to come to church. And stop, to stop reading your Bible. And to stop praying. Or whatever it may be. Keep asking God. Keep asking God. Jeremiah 33, and verse number 3. Call unto me, and I will answer thee, and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. It's God's inviting request is for you to start praying now. Maybe you have something in your heart that God's been working on you with, but you just haven't given it all to God. Start praying now. Start asking. Be persistent in your prayer request. To kind of give you a funny story, I have two cats. I love my cats. And my cats sometimes can be very annoying. But I love them dearly. Amen, Dad? <laughs> my cat, I have, a, I have a bigger cat, and some of the teenagers have seen him. And his name's Watson. He's a bigger cat, and man, does he love to eat. And he loves to eat, 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 and he can eat all day. And this, I remember one time, Watson, um, he was meowing nonstop. And I was getting very frustrated with him meowing nonstop. I mean, he wants to eat. I get that. You always want to eat. And he was constantly meowing, 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 meowing. And so I got up, and I was frustrated. I, I, I might have yelled, and so I, I got very mad, only to walk over to his food dish and where he has an automatic timer for this food that goes off every whatever time my wife sets it for, to find it 
empty. And so what I have to do, I saw the empty dish or the empty container and I filled it up with cat food and it went off and he was very satisfied and he went on his way and stood by the window and watched all the birds go by. And that's, that's Watson in a nutshell. But that taught me something. That really taught me something. That he was persistent and I eventually had to get up from the chair and go see what the problem was. And God's asking for persistence. How much do you really want it, Christian? Do you really want it? You, is there something that you're just asking for? All of you parents who have kids, you know exactly what it's like to constantly be asked by your kids for something. Mom and Dad, I want this. Give me this. For Christmas, I really want this. I know that because I was that way. I had the magazine. I had everything circled. And I gave it to my mom. And This is what I want. I'm going to be very upset. And that's what I did as a kid. I know what it is to be persistent in wanting something. And that cat taught me something. Watson taught me something. And I knew Watson was a good cat. Amen? <laughs> he taught me something. <laughs> he taught me to keep asking. To keep asking. Sometimes we can pray a prayer request. And I'm just, you just get, okay, I guess God's not going to answer this prayer request. I guess God didn't want this prayer request to be answered. Or maybe God just wanted me to keep asking. To keep asking. To keep talking to him. Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, verse number 7. The Bible says, Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. Or what man is there of you whom if his son asks bread, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks a fish, will he give him a serpent? If he then, being evil, know not how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to, him, to them that ask him? So Christian, keep knocking. Keep knocking at the door of Jesus. Keep praying. Don't stop praying. Keep asking the Lord. God wants to do a work. I think God wants revival. I think obviously God wants sinners to be saved. God's in the saving business. God's in the business of seeing his church grow. That's what God's about. But the problem is maybe sometimes the church just stops asking for those things. Maybe we just become a little bit too complacent. Maybe we just become tired of asking. Don't be, don't, Christian, don't give up. Keep asking. Keep praying. Let's ask God to do something great and big in Gospel Light Baptist Church. Let's ask God to do work. I think we've seen the benefits of us asking. How long, some of you old-timers who have been here for a long time, know what it's like to keep asking for the same prayer request every Wednesday night. And isn't it the most like, awesome feeling when you finally see that prayer request answered? You don't have to pray that prayer request. I mean, how often have we prayed for more space? How long have we prayed that, God, would you please give us more space? God, we need more classroom. God, we need more room. And here we are, 2023, with a bill right next to us with three classrooms and a kitchen that we can do more stuff and for, for the work of God. And how long did we ask God for that? What if we stopped asking? What if we stopped asking? The landlord could have easily gave it to somebody else, somebody who would pay even more. 
easily could have happened. What if we stopped asking? So, Chris, when it comes to the church man, I think about the church man, keep praying. Keep asking. When it comes to your life, keep asking. God's going to work. God is always going to work. It may not be the answer that we want or maybe the answer we expect, but God's going to work. So, Christian, don't give up on prayer. Keep talking to God. Keep asking the Lord. And God wants to, God wants to hear from you. God wants to have a relationship with you. So keep praying and keep asking. So when it comes to our doubt, there is no need to doubt. There's no need to doubt God. And God will do a work. And God's going to do something great. As a Christian, we need to see to keep on asking. So three reasons to stop doubting God is that the, there's the immediate response of him, ask, of him answering your prayer request of salvation. There is God's immense resources that God is infinite in what he has. There is no uh, budget. There is no uh, space. God is infinite in what he has. And lastly, God's inviting request, which is for you to start asking now. God wants you to start asking now. And so, Christian, when you go home tonight, think about the things that have been heavy on your heart, things, the things that you've been thinking of, the things that you need. Start asking God. Don't give up on God. Don't give up on prayer. Let's go ahead and go to our Father in prayer right now. Father, we love you. We thank you for the day. Thank you for church. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you are a merciful God, that your mercies are new every morning. God, I thank you, Father, that you are a God who answers our prayers. And God, Lord, I pray that you would just help us, Lord, as we are in our faith and our, our journey right now in life, that you would help us to have a deeper relationship with you, that we would walk with you, Lord, and that we would talk with you, Lord, and just have this sweet relationship with you, Father. And help our church to grow. Lord, help us now, not just numerically, Lord, but I think about it spiritually, Father. Help us to take leaps of faith in our life, Lord, that we would want to serve you more, that we would step out by faith more in our life. Father, bless each person here, Lord. Thank you for them, but thank you for their faithfulness to come to church on a Sunday night, Lord. And I pray that you would just bless them for it. Bless the faith.